0: Welcome to another edition of the Business and Personal Podcast, where the podcast that brings you closer to the people you spend your hard-earned dollars with, or in this case, the people that you make your biggest investment with. We're talking to realtor Dana Costello of Elite Home Selling in Lansing. Dana, how are you doing today?
1: Good. Thanks, Ryan. How are you?
0: Very good. Well, you're, you're back from Florida. I'm sure you enjoyed your time down there before you came back to uh, Michigan here in January. How was your break?
1: Oh, it was wonderful. I was there with my my children and my husband and we had a really nice time. The weather was beautiful, but it's always nice to come home to a blanket of snow. So it was a beautiful setting to come home to too. And I'm also, I'm happy to be back to work.
0: Well, I know how hard of a worker you are. So I do believe that you actually are happy to be back to work. Yeah. Um, and, and real estate really is it's an interesting category. Um, you know, I remember working with you when you helped us sell our house and the, tight deadline and did such a great job. And I always enjoyed our conversations. And um, that never changes because real estate's always evolving and um, have some interesting things I want to talk to you about today. But before we get into that, just kind of tell people what drew you to real estate and uh, how you became passionate about it.
1: Yeah, sure. I'm happy to answer that question. I've actually been answering this question a lot lately. I always find that the beginning of the year, uh, after the new year, I get several phone calls from people who are thinking about getting into the real estate industry. So this is generally the month where I talk to a lot of friends or a lot of acquaintances, and they they're thinking, well, maybe I should get my real estate license. So I've had this conversation several times over the last couple of weeks, and. Real estate isn't for everyone. Um, And I'm very thankful that I chose the right path for me. I was licensed back in January, 2015. And um, I really started just because I had a friend who seemed to really enjoy what she was doing. And um, I wanted to get back into the business world. I had been a stay at home mom with my babies and toddlers. And I really wanted to, to have a career for myself. So I ended up calling my girlfriend, Morgan. I'm like, hey, how do you how do you like your job? She's like, I love it. And she just said, you know, knowing you and your personality, I think that you would be perfect for it. So I really right then I got my licensed and I hit the ground running and I've been successful ever since. And it has been a lot of hard work, but I'm also very fortunate just for all of the blessings and opportunities that I've had as well. Well,
0: you know, anybody that can survive your industry five years, you're doing something right. You're treating people right. You're getting referrals. So, you know, I have no doubt about that. And the other thing that happens the longer you're in it, you see crazy things that go on in the world economically or this past year a pandemic hit yeah. of course and it affected in a negative way so many interest industries but as i look around it doesn't seem to have had a negative effect on the real estate industry kind of walk me through what it's been like and um, how it's affected your industry
1: yeah so i really don't think that uh So the real estate market has been on fire. It's been crazy. We are absolutely in a seller's market. Houses are barely sitting on the market. I I have uh, actually a client who's building with a builder, CVE builders in town. And the builder actually said they're literally selling basements. So, you know, they'll go out there and they'll be digging a basement to have a spec home and they'll get 20 phone calls on it. Hey, what's this house? What's it going to be listed at? They're selling it before they can even construct. So the real estate market is fantastic um, and it's thriving. I think that would have been the same case even, you know, without COVID. If there was no COVID, I think that we would have had the same exact sort of industry and market right now. But I I think that for COVID and um, everything that's going on with the pandemic, my, my idea is that there's a little bit of the three bears, right? So your porridge is too hot, porridge is too cold, house is too big, house is too small. So I think people are investing more into their house and actually putting more thought into, okay, if we're not happy here, then let's figure out a way to be happy and let's find that next house. So I think there is an uptick because of that, um, but I'm not, I'm not sold that our, our real estate market is only busy because of COVID.
0: What is maybe a change that you've seen just in your processes or just uh, the way people approach buying homes? What's maybe the biggest thing that you've seen change with this?
1: So one of the positives for me personally, and also my sellers, is that we have essentially eliminated the looky-loos. And that's a positive for sellers, because sellers do take a lot of time. If you're going to get your house prepared for a potential buyer to come through, take a look at it it's a lot of work. So you're going to clean your house, you're going to make sure that everything's in its place, kids backpacks are put away, so on and so forth. So you put through put forth all of that effort. And then if a buyer comes through, and they say, hey, I don't like it, because it's only four bedrooms, and I needed, I only wanted three you know, or whatever, vice versa, then it's really frustrating because it's like, well, wait, if you would have actually looked online and checked that out prior, I wouldn't have had to have, you know, half an hour getting my house ready. So I think that eliminating the looky lose is the best thing for my clients. And then on top of that, even for me, prior to COVID, I would have buyers call me and say, Hey, we want to look at these six houses, we're not going to buy any of them, but we really want to go see them. I have a hard time saying no to that. So generally I'd say, all right, let's go check them out. But I was really spinning my wheels and wasting a lot of time. So I think that's been the, the productive piece or the positive piece of the pandemic is that I think people are much more serious and committed to the process if they're going to be out there trying to shop for a home.
0: Well, it's definitely great to hear that things are still going great in your industry. And now, kind of turned to an interesting topic to me because it, it affected me personally, and that's trying to sell a home in the winter in Michigan. And there's certainly that thought out there that your industry just shuts down in January and February. And uh, that's the, the thought that I always used to have. And then we listed our home a couple of years ago in January, not because we had to, it wasn't a job move or anything like that, but a realtor convinced me, hey, there's that much for sale. You are going to get top dollar for your house right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, like, man, who's going to want to trudge through the snow and do open houses and all this and that. But he convinced me to sell. We did end up being an outstanding move. We got top dollar for our house, got into the house that we wanted to get into. So I'm sure you're going to be answering tons of these questions in the market here over the next few weeks. What can happen if you list your house in the winter? Why would someone want to look at it as actually a good time to list?
1: Sure. And I I have lots of thoughts on that. And I guess my very first thought that comes to mind is in 2018, my highest production month was December. And I forget that sometimes, but then people will be talking about real estate in December. And it's like, well, wait, just a couple of years ago, I think my highest production month, and it was maybe 50% more than any other month in all of 2018. And so if you think about that right there, it can happen. Right. So, and I think there's a lot of reasons for it. I think the biggest thing is well there's kind of like a a couple of things but i'll start with number one um you have kind of the leftover houses that have been on the market for some time you know maybe they were listed in the spring still sitting listed in the summer still sitting listing early fall and they're still there so we've got those houses that are kind of left over and People don't necessarily like to sell their house in December and January. They want to wait until the weather's nice. We live in Michigan, fine. So what happens is a lot of those houses do start to tick over late fall and all of those houses that had been sitting start start to sell. If you want to be that brand new one that comes up that's competing with sort of the rents, then generally you're going to be very successful in those December and January months because there's not going to be as much inventory out there and houses always need to be bought and sold right? You've got job relocation, divorces, marriages, new babies, uh, deaths, like the list goes on and on and on. So real estate market doesn't necessarily, it doesn't halt just because it's December. Um, And so that would be a big reason for it. And then I think the other thing that, um, sorry, I just lost my train of thought, Uh, but I'm just going to keep spitting at you. So whenever I start to meet with sellers this time of year, Generally, it's either a preparation of saying, we know we want to list in the spring, what do we have to do? And so we'll start talking with, okay, well, maybe you should replace your countertops or paint this red wall or do whatever. So we go through the long list of things. But when I talk to my sellers about the spring market, I spring market for me, early spring, if you want to hit that like drop dead date of the earliest spring season, for me, it's January 10th. So that's the beginning. We're past the holidays. Everyone starts to get back into the swing of things. People kind of, whatever tasks that they were, had set down before Christmas or Hanukkah or the new year, they pick it back up again around this, this time this week. So our phones start to ring. So January 10th is kind of my first spring season. And then after that, I'd say, if you're not going to be ready by January 10th and sometime in between, but drop dead is going to be March 1st. So spring season is actually a lot sooner than I think the majority of the public would think. They would think, okay, spring, April, May, June. No, spring season in, in Michigan is January, January, February, March.
0: So are open houses happening right now with COVID or is that something that, the, that you've had to eliminate?
1: Um, So open houses are back up and running. Um, So I I, like, I'll give you an example of a current listing that we have coming up. And this was a conversation. It was right before Christmas. And he said, hey, I want to list now. And I just said, you know, let's wait until after the new year. Um, Just because that week over Christmas is probably not the best week. Christmas, Hanukkah, New Year, you know, all those holidays um, is not the best week because people are spending time with family. But if we can get after that week, then let's go ahead and list. But so we're actually doing property photos tomorrow. I'm listing the house on Friday and then we're gonna market for an open house on Sunday. We're gonna try to streamline or flow through as many people as we can through that open house to try to eliminate kicking my sellers out of their house with their two kids you know, all all on the one offs and that sort of thing. So yes, they're happening. We do have to have, uh, I think you're only allowed to have four people in a house at once, but I need to double check that before Sunday. Um, But yes, we're allowed to have open houses. There's just different criteria and different rules that are set up around it.
0: And I bring that up for a couple of reasons. Number one, you helped us sell our house with an open house. And I thought, man, who goes to open house anymore? Obviously it worked there. And then our house that we sold in the winter, I'm like, why would we have an open house? Who's going to want to trudge out in January? But our realtor made a great point. He's like, people aren't on vacation. It's not the summertime where everybody's gone. People are home looking for things to do um, in January. And it it actually was-
1: It gets dark at six o'clock at night. I think people are on electronics more. They're on their phones more. They're on the computers. I, I do. I think that people spend far more time on a device. And if you think about it, I mean, I'm a big Pinterester, right? So I love Pinterest and I could be on Pinterest all day long in the winter. In the summertime, I got I got other things to do. You know, I'm busy. So those people who are obsessive over Zillow, we get a lot of those phone calls too. I mean, I'll, I actually just got one a couple months ago. It was a friend of mine. She just said, we were not looking to sell. We we're not looking to buy. We we're actually really happy in our house. We just saw this house on Zillow. I have to have it. I said, okay. So we went, we wrote an offer, we got it and we sold their house and they moved literally out of nowhere. So I, there's always going to be that too, where people aren't necessarily planning on it, but if you're fortunate enough and you've got the American dream and you want to move, you can move, right?
0: Absolutely. Well, try to, this is a hard question to probably answer, but from 2015, when you started to now we're in 2021, there's probably been so many changes in your industry, but. What do you think's maybe been the biggest change you've seen now versus where it was outside of even the pandemic, but just general.
1: Hmm.
0: I can tell you from the outside looking in, I've been amazed how digital your business has become, you know, like it doesn't seem like papers really even used a whole heck of a lot anymore. Anything that you need to get, that's why it worked that you could buy houses during the pandemic, without looking at them, because you can get everything that you can get online. I think to me, that's one of the biggest changes I've seen.
1: Yeah, and so I'll I'll tell you a cute story here in just a moment. But I would agree with you. So one of the things that uh, I really preach to anyone who is going to sell their house, and I say you have to have the best photos. So I'm pretty I'm pretty demanding on that where you know, uh, you call me to sell your house. You got to listen to me because I actually know what I'm doing. Right. So, I mean, there's like that whole thing, but pretty much if you hire me, my photographer comes hand in hand. So he is my photographer. He's the one who I will be using because I know that he is professional. His photos are going to be top notch. And that's the most important piece that we have right now to trying to sell a house and market it. Because most people in this day and age are going to Um, start a relationship with a house online before they ever walk in the door. And that relationship really starts from connecting with the photos. So as long as you can have those photos that are really detailed and really actually capture the space. And sure, sometimes we're going to make a look a room look bigger than what it really is, or uh, mm-hmm. smaller than what it really is. I mean, it's still just a photo, but we need to be able to create that sort of intimacy with these photos, that so much so that they fall in love with it and say, "Hey, we have to go look at it." So I agree with you. I think the digital piece is um, just beyond important, and it's the most important piece. So I'm, like I said, I'm pretty. I'm pretty bossy when it comes to my photographer and (laughs) because I had a seller a couple of weeks ago, he's like, well, can we maybe use my couple of photos? And I just said, you know, I love you, Dave, but we're not using your photos.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes you got to stand your ground. uh,
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. But so this, this is actually one of my favorite stories. Um, and I'm not gonna use his name, but uh, a gentleman from California and he was a retired physics professor. He was moving here to be near his family. And he was in California. He really didn't wanna take a trip to Michigan to buy a house. He wanted to buy a house, move to Michigan, get the keys and move in. So he just said, Dana, do you think you'd be able to do that for me? I'm not gonna come and look at a house. If you need someone absolutely to come and look at it with you, My son will come and preview it. We'll make a decision. Okay, so I would then FaceTime him every time he wanted me to go and look at a house for him. I would have my phone, we would FaceTime. He would say, okay, can you open up that door? Open up that door. Can you take a look around this corner and tell me what's there? Sure. So the physics professor piece is, um, is my favorite part. So he lives in San Diego, California and he backs up to a highway. He said, okay, as long as this house doesn't have any more noise than what I currently experience in my backyard, then I would like to move forward and purchase it. So Dana, I need you to go out and buy a decibel reader. Go out and buy a decibel reader, go back to the house, and I want you to stand outside and I want you to measure the sound. So that's what I did. I went and I found a decibel reader. I set up a next showing. I went there the next day and I stood on the back porch hold up the desk school reader. And he goes, yep, that's two knots less than I've got in my backyard here. All right, let's do it. (laughs) Let's buy it. So literally the man never stepped foot in the house. I met him at the closing table from California, bought a house and I called him the next day. And I'm like, so do you like it? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And that was about, gosh, that would have been within, it was in 2019 and I did just talk to him a couple of weeks ago, and I just said, "Hey, are you happy?" And he's like, "I'm really happy." So that's—I mean, that's crazy if you think about it.
0: So to me, it's stuff like that, like the stories like that, the people you meet, such a wide range of personalities and
1: mm-hmm. life
0: events that maybe happen that cause them to have to buy or sell. Like, if you were to—if you were to look at a list of all the people you've worked with in your five years, and I just showed you the list, you knew nothing more than the name you'd probably be able to recall a story about every scenario. You probably won't remember what the sales price was, what your commission was, any of those no. numbers involved. Yeah, no. But it's what's meaningful to you is all the stories and events that led to each deal getting done, I can imagine.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I do feel really blessed. And, um, you know, I, don't, I think life is a funny thing, right? We all have to work because we all have to eat. So most of us have to work hard to pay our mortgage and put food on the table. And so a job is a necessity. And, you know, they always say that if you've found something, I don't, I don't even know what the saying is, maybe you can help me out. But basically, if you find a job that doesn't feel like a job, I, then I just feel like I'm one of the lucky ones. Because for me, real estate and being a realtor is really my identity. I, it's who I am. It doesn't feel like a job. It doesn't feel something that's tedious. I mean, sure, some days I'm tired and I don't want to anymore. But for the most part, it's exactly what you just said. I get to meet the coolest people. I feel like I have so many life experiences just from my clients where my job really isn't. It's not just a job. I feel like it is. It's who I am.
0: Well, to help you out, I think my favorite phrase with this is make your vocation a vacation, right? So I like that you enjoy every, every day. And like, I felt that when we were working with you, you truly just love the job. So uh, everything works out from there, you know? So why, Hey Dana, why should somebody use you? You've got a million options out there for realtor. Why why should someone use you over anybody else?
1: I, I mean, I, we can talk about the passion piece and whatever, but my, business partner always says I am literally the best communicator and maybe not the best communicator in regards to um uh, the the words that are coming out of my mouth but I, I'm to a fault that if you're going to text me at 11 o'clock at night you're going to get a text back um, I might have been
0: guilty of that a few times <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, that's maybe a little bit of I might need to start setting boundaries, um, but I just can't. I mean, because again, I feel like it's just part of my life and it's part of who I am. So if, if you're going to call me, I'm going to answer the phone. Um, and that's what I always get really. And I. If any of my realtor friends ever check this and this is their voicemail, I'm really, really sorry. But I hate it when you call a real estate agent. I'll call my peers and they'll say, you know, hi, this is so and so. Um, If you'd like a quick response, please text me. Or you can leave a message here and I'll get back to you, you know, at my convenience. I'm like, whoa, no way. I mean, I will pick up that phone. You call me, I'm going to answer it and I'm going to try to get back to you, especially if you're a client that's literally in front of my face and we have a transaction going, you can know that I'm going to be there and I'm going to make sure that all of your answers are questions are answered. So I think that's probably the biggest piece and what makes me the best out there.
0: Be on time and do what you say you're going to do and you'll get a long way, you know, ahead of the competition, I think. So, hey, Dana, it's been... Great talking with you. You know, there's so many other things that we could talk about with this. And, you know, maybe we'll have you come back on and tackle some other topics within your industry. But I think we hit on a a few today that people will just be very interested in. And and what is the best way for them to reach out to you if they're looking at listing their home or looking at buying? uh, How's the best way to get a hold of you?
1: Yep, I'll make it easy. You can go to elitehomeselling.com. So that's E L I T E homeselling.com. Our website is there. My business partner, Ben Magsig, um, and myself, our contact info is on there, and you can learn lots more about us on that site. Okay.
0: Well, hopefully, we never need to use you again because we kind of love where we live right now, but hey, <laughs> you never know uh, where life will lead us, and maybe we'll work together again down the road. But hey, thanks again, Dana, for coming on. This is just great information.
1: Thanks, Ryan.